Akimorit would say Shabbos Kedish, Shabbos Shira, Pashas B'Shalach. Today's daf is daf Yud Beis, the very bottom of the page. Now, what in the world does this Gemara have to do with our Mishnah? Because we later on we're going to bring up our Mishnah, and it's as follows: Amar Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef, Rabbi Yitzchak was on Yosef. Amar Rabbi Yechin, the name Rabbi Yechin, and said, "Ha'oymel l'shluchay." Somebody says to his shliach, to his agent, "Say, go out there v'kadesh li'isha. I want you to go out there and find me a wife." Stop. He didn't give her. He didn't give any specific instructions. He just said, he just said, find somebody suitable. Here's a ring. Give them the ring on my behalf. In fact, he can give a ring. We're learning more tradition of Zion that he can do it as well on your behalf, even in his own money. And uh, and go ahead and uh, and go ahead with the kedushin. Also, b'chal nashim this man now cannot marry any woman in the world. What happened was the shliach didn't come back home. He died. We have a, an assumption, so we have an assumption that a shlich does the shlichus, and according to many Roshanim, it's Mahatayra. So we don't know who he got engaged to you, and therefore, the Kivan Leparishle, since he didn't spell out which girl you wanted to engage, he could have gone to anyone. You have no idea. We assume definitely he found a shlich for you, but we have no idea to who. And therefore, you cannot marry any woman in the world because they might be the sister, the mother, the daughter, of or the grandmother of the of the person that uh, that he was mekadesh on your behalf. Now, the simple question that everybody asks is: We have a rule ain uh, that the, you know you go after the majority. The vast majority of the women are not involved at all. So, what's the problem? Why can't you marry a woman and assume that this woman is not related to this um, the woman that the shlech was mekadesh on your behalf? So there's a big machaik is Rishayim. Many hold that we don't rely on Raivi because a woman is more, as we'll see in Gemara soon, is more considered like a kavua. We had a rule in Gemara Ksudas that even though if you have nine stores sell kosher meat and one that sells treif, and you found a piece of meat lying in the street, we'll assume called the parish, meru parish, it came from the majority. But if you couldn't remember, you cannot recollect which store you walked into, you're absentmindedly walking into a store you purchased, then we say you cannot eat the meat even though nine-tenths nine of the stores are kosher, is because we say, because wherever the the, is, the suffix began is in a fixed place, and we have a pasuk in the Torah that teaches us that uh, regardless of if majority or majority of its fixed place, it's a suffix, it's half and half. And therefore, a woman generally is at home, so it's like, in a, it's not exactly, but it's like a fixed place, and therefore, every woman, we're going to be machmer, that may be, she is the one that's us. Tayshin, however, learns that it's only a penalty. You're right, because otherwise, then no woman should also be able to get married. Every woman, maybe she is marrying a guy that, um, you know, maybe she's marrying um, the guy that her sister was engaged in this guy. How could she marry this guy? Nobody should be able to marry him either. Or, or, or um, and so on. It, it doesn't bother us because we just tasted this whole thing is merely a penalty. <clears throat> In other words, the case is a similar question. How can anybody marry any girl? Maybe that girl was one already got engaged to this guy. Even though you can ask the girl, you can't believe her about herself. Maybe she's lying. So therefore, um, Teresa says, I believe this whole thing is merely a penalty. It's only on this person here because he should have been more specific, given better instructions. Now, and this actually knocks on the head. There's a famous question that everybody asks and a famous answer that everybody gives, and that is, in Haggadah, we say that Lavan tried to destroy the entire Jewish nation, and everybody asks, Arami that Arami, Lavan, where Rashi learns, tried to destroy us. Where does the title in the entire story of Yaakov and Lavan show that Lavan wants to kill everybody? It doesn't show that. So they all say, 
because they wanted to poison Eliezer, Eliezer was a shliach sent by Avram to marry Yitzchak. If Eliezer would have died, wouldn't return home, then Yitzchak couldn't marry anybody because everyone might be related to the girl that Eliezer found. That's the answer generally everybody gave. So that's how Lovin wants to destroy everybody. Apart from it, it's not right because Rashi tells us it was Besuel who tried to poison Eliezer, not Lovin. So we should have said Lovin's father tried to poison us. Apart from that, we see clearly from here, it's only when you didn't give any specific instructions. Avram said clearly, go to the family. Rivka has family there. Don't go to Canaan. Just go to that family. So worst comes to worst, you cannot marry anybody in that family, but could have married other girls. So therefore, that answer is very weak. But let's continue. So this is what Rabbi Echen said. His brother-in-law, Shlokish, said to him, I don't understand. I have a question for you. It says, if you have let's say, um, a, a, a woman who is a zava, you know, she, she menstruated outside of a normal period, or a zava, a male, or a woman who gives birth, she has to bring a twin twin set of birds. One will be an oiler, one will be a chatas. It's called a cane. So what happens? She set aside two birds and didn't specify which is the oiler, which is the chatas. And what happened was that sheparcha, uh, and suddenly what happened was one of the birds flew out in the world and <clears throat> And um, and now we you know we don't know which bird it went, which bird it was, and flew away. Or Shaparcha Bechatois and Mesas, there were five. We learned in Gemara in, in Zvach that there are five different kinds of chatois that we put to death. For example, if the owner, the person who did the sin died, there's no point in bringing the chatas now, so we let the chatas die. Uh, or, for example, they, they lost it, so they, they bought another one, and then they recovered this one. There's no point in bringing two chatois for the same incident, so we let it die. So this bird flew amongst the, the chatois of Mesas, and it uh, got all mixed up. Now, we don't know which one is the, is the right bird to take it back. Or, Shemes Echemen, one of the two birds died. We don't know which one. So what do you do? Yikach zug You find another bird, you purchase another bird. And and you and you you join it together and you make one of the chatas since you didn't specify one of the chatas and and one of the oila. Ve'ilu kain mifurachis. What happens if you already specify this will be an oila and the chatas? Then ain leitakana. There's nothing you can do. You cannot buy another one because you don't know which is the one that died. Was it the oila, the chatas? There's no way that you can actually remedy it, <clears throat> right? You don't know which is what. <clears throat> Um, now the question is, but nevertheless, everybody else can can buy a bird. <clears throat> um, why? How can anybody ever buy a bird? Maybe the bird that they're going to buy is the bird that flew from your nest or from your twin, and they're using your oilo, your chatas. How can anybody buy a bird? Every person, every bird that they'll find, maybe he just came from this thing. If you're going to be worried even about a minority, why don't you worry in this case as well? Now, this will make sense if we follow the way we learned before that we are, that we don't follow the majority. We just say that what, um, that, it, that it asses all the, the women in the world, that asses all the, the birds in the world. But Taisha said the whole thing is a penalty. So where does this come in over here? <clears throat> so we're saying here, that is talking about that this very same person has to bring tomorrow another set. At least this person who was penalized, he should not be able to buy any more birds in the future because every bird that he'll buy, maybe it's the bird that escaped from his first set. And we only penalize him, but maybe he can't use it because he'll be penalized. Anyway, so the question is, what's the difference between the case of the birds you allowed to buy a bird and the case of women you say he can never marry anybody? What's the difference? 
Amalek, responded along the lines we said before. Kamina Naisha, I'm talking about a woman, the low 90, that generally doesn't move about, so she's fixed in a certain place, and therefore it's a kavua, and we know that kavua kamachsa machsadami, right? Because women generally are home, and probably that's where the shots can win, or that's where they go to, to marry her, or that's where, uh, and or you want to go and marry her, and therefore it, it, it's, it's forbidden because it's half and half. Maybe this is the girl that got engaged previously. However, um, uh, you're asking me a question, you sooner than I from birds that keep on flying around. They're flying around, we always follow the majority. Who said that you met her at home? Maybe you'll meet, so you'll meet a girl in the marketplace. This is also moving about. Aim Vishukashi found the marketplace with Kaddish and get her and get engaged her. Hasam there's still difference. The woman might might wander around the marketplace and meander her way through there, but then eventually she'll go back home. Her main, her primary residence is a permanent place. Birds keep on flying about, they have no home. They're constantly flying. I became me hadra. So they're always considered, you know, free flying, and therefore you always follow majority. Nevertheless, when we say you cannot marry any woman in the world, it's not any woman. He's made, for example, a woman, a woman that has no family, no daughters, no granddaughters. So then what, what, what are you worried about? This particular woman says nothing happened to her. You're worried about that what? That she, her daughter doesn't have a daughter, doesn't have a granddaughter. doesn't have a mother, not a brother, not a sister. Now he goes one step further and makes a big chiddush. What happens if she has a sister, but that sister is married? That sister was married at the time when the Meshaleach, the sender, asked the shliach, go out there and find me a shidduch. Now at that moment, he wanted obviously to find a shidduch, a girl that's available. So he had no intention of him, of the shliach, going to find women that are married, that were married that time. So even though the shliach didn't arrive there until a month later, the fact of the matter is, I never gave you the right to find me a woman that was that the time that I appointed you wasn't suitable for me. Even though later on it was suitable, that's not who I'm interested in. Therefore, says says the Gemara here, that 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 this woman that you want to marry now, even though she has a sister who was now divorced, but if she was if her sister was married at the time you appointed a shliach then definitely the shleich would not have gone to that person or even gone. You never appointed him a shleich for that, for that purpose because the shleich can only serve you and you only thought about people that were suitable at the time. So therefore you can marry this girl. I, she has a sister who is divorced right now. It doesn't matter. I never gave the shleich the right since she was your sister was married at the time that I appointed the shleich. I never gave the shleich the right to go ahead and give kedushin to such a woman. And if he did, it's meaningless because he's not acting up for me. She had a sister, then his gosh was divorced. Afterwards, at the time when I appointed, I deputized the shliach, I didn't, um, she was a married woman. That woman then, you can marry the woman whose sister is now divorced because definitely she's not related to you whatsoever. I don't understand. My time of why? The Bahi Shaita, the reason is because that moment, that moment when I deputized the shliach, have an Asibilagabi who's a married woman to a man. So Kimashu Shlich, generally, when I appoint a Shlich, what am I thinking? What's it going through my mind? The Milsa the Kaimakame, things that are suitable now. The Milsa the Light Kaimakame, things which are not suitable now. Well, I didn't appoint you as a Shlich. So Yamara is working its way now as if it's to do with your intent. And my intent when I appointed the Shlich, a Shlich cannot work beyond what I gave him, the powers that I gave him. And what my intent was to marry me, to get to find the shit for me, someone who's available now. 
And since this woman is a married woman now, obviously I didn't mean her at all. So her sister, I can definitely marry because nothing could have gone wrong. So tomorrow, yeah, that's so simple. You look at a person's mind, let me ask a question. So now we learn in the Mishnah. Now this is why we're talking about this Gemara because we relate back to our Mishnah. We learned yesterday in the Mishnah. If a person says, had any Nazir, a person says, I am a Nazir, number one. And then he said, plus I plan to contribute to the animals of a Nazir. Then Mishama Chabegra, your friend heard it very inspired. Well, and he said, Ani, I also will be a Nazir. And I take upon myself the animals of a Nazir. So the Mishnah says, they were intelligent, they were smart. They were smart. They would just take each, take care of each other's kabbalas. You know, it's quite an expensive business. Three animals you have to bring. So Reuben takes care of Shimon, Shimon takes care of Reuben, and everybody's happy. Now the question is very simple. You're telling me that a person's intent is only things that are available at the moment. So there's Reuben and Shimon. Reuben was the first person, and he said, "I'll become a nazir and I'll pay half that. I'll pay for the animals." And then Shimon came along and said, "I also will be a nazir, and I will pay for the animals." Okay. So Shimon. Shimon already knew that Reuben was a Nazar, so when he said, I'll pay for the animals, it could very well be he'll pay for Reuben's animals. But Reuben, at the time when he made the, the vow, Shimon wasn't a Nazar yet. And if you're telling me that a person's intent is only what was available at that moment, then how can you tell me in the mission that if Reuben was smart, he would use the, the money and pay for Shimon's animals? He can't do that because his promise was limited to only Nazirim who were already existing Nazirim, the, the way you're telling me how people think. So now this question, not to have to spend, not to pay for other people's animals. Now the more asks, I understand Shimon, the second person, before there was Reuven, he's already an existing Nazar, it doesn't matter if it's two minutes long. Okay, so I'm going to pay for his animals. But Reuven, how can Reuven be paying for Shimon's animals at the time when Reuven made the vow, Shimon wasn't a Nazar. So you're going to have to say to me, this is what he meant. He didn't mean that at this moment, they have to be a Nazir. When I'm ready to pay the money, if I find that somebody at that time is a Nazir, good enough. I will pay for his animals. So if so, the same with the woman. doesn't matter that this woman is now is um, is now married when I deputize the Shlech. All that matters is when by the time the Shlech got to that town, was that woman still married? She was divorced. So why can't he have intention also for that person? Hachanami is here too. Isn't this what the, the, he's telling the shliach? If you find a woman that's divorced, I want you to give her a mikadash for me if you think she's suitable. So the Gemara now says, you're right. It's not a question of people's intent. It's more a legal question. An interesting machlekes in, in, in the Ksosa Choshen, how he explains the Rambam and the Tur. I can't remember if he brings this Gemara here or not. And that is, there's an argument in the Rambam and the Tur. What happens... If, if the husband um, asked the shliach, wrote, wrote, a, wrote a proper bill of divorce, gave it to the shliach, and said, present this to my wife who lives in another city, please bring it to her. In the interim, the husband suddenly lost his mind. An accident, something happened, lost his mind. Now, when a person loses their mind, they're not in a position to give a get. But the question is, he when he gave the power to the shliach, he empowered the shliach, and he said, you have a power of attorney, you can take this get. He was full, full, uh, full control of his faculties. Now, somewhere in the interim, something changed. So there's an argument in the Rambam of the Torah if the get is valid or not. And the argument with the learns is basically based on the following question. When, does, uh, when do you empower the shliach? When you, when you deputize him or when the shliach actually implements it and puts it into effect? 
So if it's when you when you deputize him, well, I was personally, you know, perfectly saying at the time, control my faculties, it's a valid get. But if it's at the time when the, the Shlech gave the get, at that time, really, the husband is no longer in the position. But the Gemara here is going to say that a Meshalech can only give to the Shlech the power that he has at that moment. At that moment, the sender, could he have married that woman? No, she was a married woman. So when you empower the shliach, it was only you only gave him the capabilities to do things that you can do at that moment. So therefore, if at a week later this woman is now divorced, you never gave the shliach the power to do, to to uh, to give meshadach that woman to you because at the time when I appointed the shliach, that woman was a married woman. So we see from the Gemara clearly that when does it happen? When do you empower Shlech? The moment that you hire him or you ask him to do you the favor, not when he actually implements it. So the Gemara says, <laughs> A person cannot appoint a Shlech, only if he himself can do it now. But the thing that he cannot do right now, he cannot appoint. And therefore, that's why he, if this woman has only one sister, who was married at the time he appointed Shlech, he allowed to marry this woman because the Shlech couldn't have married, <clears throat> couldn't have Meshadach you to that uh, woman, even though she divorced later. I never gave him that power. So Gemara of Allah, not so. Let me ask you a question. You're telling me that a husband cannot appoint. Then we had a whole discussion to Gemara in the Durham if Kainim worked for us or for Hashem, because if, if it worked for us, we don't, we can't, we don't have the capacity to bring Karbanas. How can they do it? So Tashma coming here. We had him on a dorm towards the end. If somebody says to Napatrufa, somebody's like an overseer of the state. And you say to him, I'm about to travel overseas. So all the dorm that my wife will make, until I return, then we have the two criteria. Either she's so harming or uh, it's, it, it directly affects their relationship. He says to the Napatrufa, if she makes any dorm while I'm gone, I want you to know it. Hopefully. But Hafala and and the and Patrufus did it. Yochel Yehem before I would have thought that yeah, I appoint him as a shliach. Tamalayim says Rabbi Yishei we have a pasuk. Ishi command of Ishi for that only the husband can can annul the husband can confirm. Divrei Rabbi Yishei and Rabbi Yenisa says what do you mean? Matzil v'chal tayde chamakim sheshluchu lan kemoish. We have a rule everywhere that a shliach shall adam kemoish is like him. Now. Time Manorachman, the whole reason is because the Tayyar says, Isha Yikimenu. According to Rabbi Yenison, definitely have a problem. Clearly, here that a husband can appoint a Shlech and a Petrophis. Now, why is that an issue? We'll see in a minute. But even according to Rabbi Yesha, the only reason why the husband cannot appoint him is because he have a Pasik. Had it not been for that Pasik, Rabbi Yesha would concede that a husband can appoint. Now, why is that a problem? Let's say the husband himself. Could a husband annul future Nidarim? The Tanya, didn't we learn if a guy says to his wife, that I will make in the future should be confirmed. You cannot confirm the Durham that didn't happen yet. And it's not confirmed. And you and, and you don't really want to confirm. How do you know the net is good? You, you know, you want to hear it before you confirm. So it's nothing. However, <clears throat> um where did you say what's the place? Um, if I, not that I want to confirm it, I want to cancel it. Rabbi says, Mufir, canceling you can. And Chacham say, Ain't a Mufir, and Chacham say, You cannot cancel if it didn't happen yet, you can't. Now, right now, we think 
When Rabbi Yeshia said, everyone's opinion follows the Rabbanan. So Rabbi Yenison definitely follows the Rabbanan, and you could appoint him a Trufus. And even Rabbi Yeshia follows Rabbanan, you could have technically appointed him a Trufus had it not been for the Pasuk. Now, Eli now the problem is like this. The Rabbanan hold that the husband himself could not annul the nether. So how can it be that the husband cannot annul the nether, because it didn't happen yet, and yet you could empower an Apotrufus to annul the nether? How were you able to transfer a power that you yourself don't have? Doesn't that prove that it doesn't matter? We don't look at it at the time when you appoint him. We look at the time when it actually happens. When will Apatrufus annul the nether? After she made the nether. Had the husband been there at the time, he also could have annulled the nether. So we see from here that you're wrong. That a shlich is, when, does the, when do you empower the shlich? The time of the action. So... Um, we thought, following even the opinion of Rabbanon, the Amri Lemotzi Mefer, that you cannot cancel. Now, the E loved Amri had it not been for that possible, even Rabbi Yeshe agrees that Patrufus can cancel. My question is, but the husband can't do it. How can that Patrufus do it? Yemura answers back, this entire Brysa does not follow the Rabbanon. The Yemura Eliva Rabbalezer, in fact, the entire Brysa follows Rabbalezer, the husband has the right to do it. He has the right to annul, pre-annul the Nadar. He can do that. And based on the Rabbi Lezer, Rabbi Yeshir Venison have this argument, so can you appoint a shleich or not? Says the the husband has the right to do it. Why bother appointing a shleich? If he has a right before he leaves on his trip to say, look, all the Nadar you make till I come back are null and void. So what do you have to hire a patrufus? What do you have to, to, to do? You just do it yourself. And my answer is, Kesavar, he's worried, Dilma Mishtalina, maybe he will forget, or maybe I'll be angry, I'll be so preoccupied on my trip, I'll forget all about it. So the obvious question is, he didn't go on the trip yet, he's going to go on the trip, so why doesn't he just do it right now, before he's, before he's busy? Obviously, if he has a, the, mount, the mind to go ahead and ask that Petrufus to do it for him, so he's a sound mind, why can't he just annul right now? If you hold that, you're permitted to know the Nadar. So Tesa says, he's not so clear, but Tesa seems to be saying, that it's it's not a good thing to just to cancel a door. What happens if it's a good nether and she wants to do it? And, and why not please her? But if he's away on the trip, he has no choice. But if he's still home for another week together, and you just make this, you know, this this uh, the statement that all your nadarmen are going to be null and void till I come back, which means there's a whole week that we're together, and I'm just going to make all your nadar null. That's going to cause a lot of dissension, and it's not. He doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to break up the shalom bias. It's only when he's gone. Therefore, he can't do that. Next Mishnah. If a guy says, I will, I will um, shave, I would try, I take upon myself the kabonis of a half a nozer. My friend heard, and he said the same thing, I take upon myself the kabonis of a half a nozer. Each one has to pay the kabonis of an entire nozer. What do you mean? So the way the Gemara explained it is, the mayor holds, you always listen to the first words that you say. The first word that you uttered was, that I will take care of the kabbalists. So that's a full, a full contribution for all the kabbalists. And then you change your mind. You said, only half. The mayor holds, you listen to the first words. You're trying to cancel what you said. It doesn't work. However, the Chachamim say, we look at, listen to the entire sentence. You're explaining yourself. I never meant to pay for all the animals. I meant I'll pay half. Everyone agree. If a person says, 
half of the kabbonus of a nazar line. I will pay for half of the kabbonus. There's no dispute. Then, of course, you only pay for half the kabbonus. You clearly said that. If you said kabbonus chazi nazar alai, if he says the kabbonus of a half a nazar, I take upon myself. What's a half a nazar? Then kula carbon boy. Everyone agrees there's no such thing as a half a nazar. Everyone agrees that what that you have to bring a full carbon. My time and why is that? The whole ashkan we don't find the zeros of palka. We don't find the zeros halfway. So keep pligi. They're only arguing in the language of our mission. The belishes must say pligi. Rameir holds. Kivan Ahmad. He said hadei alai. The moment you say I take upon myself to you know to uh, bring the kabbonis, ichayiv akula carbon. You're obligated to pay for all the kabbonis. And then he says, is only half. Love called and I believed. hold. No, this is a neder, and he explains themselves straight away. Next Mishnah. I'm a nazir. A person is very excited. Till now, we learned that a person is a nazir because he has tzaras or he committed a sin, or the story of Shimon and Tzadik. You know, he uh, this, you know, he wanted to resist the temptations of Yitzhara. Now we have a fourth type of nazir. Why is he coming nazir? Because he's, he wants to express his gratitude to the Ben and he has a son. So he said, "Hareini nazir kishiyili ben." I'll be nazir if I have a son. But Noel ben, and he had a son. Look, Harei is a nazir. What about Noel Bas? Instead of a son, he had a daughter or a tumtum or someone that we can, we cannot tell what their gender is. Or Adreginis have both signs of both genders. Then ain't a nazir. He's not a nazir because you said a son. In fact, the Gemara is going to ask, what's the point of this mission? I mean, everything here is obvious. What happens? He says, Imam, he says, Kishiyili Vlad. He didn't say a son. He said, Well, I have a child. Then I feel in the past, let's make a difference. Daughter, Tuntra, Dreyus, Areza Nazi, because he said a child. Again, what's the mission trying to tell us? See minute. What about Hipila Ishtai? The, uh, the woman miscarried. What do you mean, the woman miscarried? She had a child, you know, and, and let's say he reached the, maybe he reached the full uh, gestation period. And then, the child came out, lived for a couple of minutes, and died. Now we don't know was the child should have lived properly as a full, you know, fully developed child, and the only reason why it didn't is some something happened externally, or the child itself was never fully developed. But he said, a child. So how do we treat? We don't know. Is this a child or not? Ain't another. If you remember, we learned Rabbi Huda said that if we're not sure, you, you said something. You know, the carry this. You said if I if I have so much quantity of of crop on my field and then it was stolen and you have no idea. You say, you're not a nazir. Because people want to be definitive. They don't want suffix nazir. So in, that, in this case, you're not a nazir. But Rav Shimon says, a suffix nazir is where machmed. So Rav Shimon says, maybe you should be a nazir, but it's a problem. You can't just say, I'll be a nazir, because if you're a nazir, l'chumra, you cannot bring the kabbonus to the base of Migdash. Because you cannot bring an animal to the base of Migdash unless we know definitely you're obligated to bring the animal. But we're not even sure this child you know, was an existing a living child and you're a Nazir or not a Nazir. So what do you do? So Shema said, this is what you do. You are going to declare, I am becoming a Nazir. And you say as follows. If this child was really a living child, I'm a Nazir because I made a promise previously. If the child is not a living child, I'm a Nazir because now I decided to become a Nazir. Not, uh, totally. So either way, I'm a full-fledged nazir, so I can bring my kabbalas. Now, Shema says, Yemi, you say the following, the child was a fully developed child, had any nazir chayvah, then I'm an obligate, then I'm a nazir. If not, had any nazir, I'm a voluntary nazir. What happens then with twins? And the first baby came out and died, but the second one survived. Do we automatically say that the second one came out and survived proves that the first one also is a full-fledged baby, and there, just something happened, you know, externally um, and outside the body, and it was not natural causes, and therefore you should be a nazir from the first child, or do we say no, or do we say 
maybe the first child was not fully dissolved, only the second one. So you're nazir because of the second child. But the problem is, according to Rav Shimon, you already accepted Nazira straight away as, the first, as soon as the first child was born. So now the second child, what do you do? If the first child was not, you made a promise that if I have a child and I have twins, I will be a nazir. But you became a nazir after the first child who was miscarried. But if you did it on a voluntary basis, then you still haven't fulfilled your promise yet. But if you did the first child on a, on, on a mandatory basis, then there's no reason to be a Nazar the second time. But you don't know what happened. So we're going to be a Nazar again. And you are going to say the same manusha. It just follows. Chazav Yolda had a Nazar. If you had another child, you're a Nazar. Abshimon says, according to the rabbis, yes, because this child survived. Yechayv. Abshimon says, depends on this. This is what you say. According to Abshimon, you already took upon yourself Nazar. So now you take a second one and you say the following. If the first one was a Ben Kayama child that should have lived and Arisha Chayva, then my promise was for the first one was Zunadav. But I'll still do another Naziris as a, on a voluntary basis. Believe me, the first child didn't live, and I took that Naziris on a voluntary basis. Harisha Nadava, but Vizuchaiva, this is the mandatory. So just a little bit of Gemara. Hi, my lememra. What do you tell me? That uh, what's the point of all this? Of course, if you said I'll, I'll be a Nazar if I have a son. If you have a son, you give a nazar. What's the point? Says the Gemara Mishum Sefer. The Chiddush is the Sefer that if Basi had a daughter or a Tumtum or a Tregnus, questionable that a girl or boy, then ain't a nazar. You're not a nazar. Says Gemara, that's the Chiddush. Pshit isn't that obvious? You said a boy. <laughs> They're not boys. No. Ma'ur Tamer, sometimes you use the word Ben. You don't mean necessarily a son. You can use Bonim for boys and girls because Bonim means like when I will build my family. That's why Bonim can include girls as well because Bonim can also be just like an adjective or a description. That um, I'm building my family, regardless, boy, girl. No, when you say, I'm going to be a Nazar, Ben, Ben means a boy. If he's a child, a child, anybody, doesn't cover everybody. No, I want a, a boy amongst men. Uh, even though he said child, he meant a boy. Kamash doesn't work that way. Okay, we'll stop over here.